Hey everybody and welcome to But That's Just My Opinion, the podcast hosted by me, Matt Lantrip, where I interview people about opinions they have on any topic of their choice. First, I just want to say thanks to everyone for bearing with me for a week so I could move and not put out a full episode. Sorry about that, but we are back to full episodes now, so you get a full interview this week. And this week we're talking about rugby. A good friend of mine, Mitch Vanasupa, came over and talked about rugby. We get into it about how we both came to it. I came in high school, he came in college. And we really both enjoy the sport and we really love it. And it was a very fun talk. We start the first half of the interview kind of talking a little bit about the history and just kind of what it means and the atmosphere of rugby and then we get into his actual opinion about rugby which you'll hear in the interview and it was it was a really good time i really had a lot of fun talking to midge and my opinion this week is actually about rugby so the olympics are going on and it's already passed for the rugby section they played rugby sevens the women took fifth place and the men took ninth place. And the people who took gold in the men's division was Fiji. And my opinion is that Fiji winning the gold in rugby this year in these Olympics is the most important gold medal that anyone wins in this entire Olympics. So just a little backstory. Fiji has never won an Olympic medal, let alone a gold medal. And their rugby team was the first team to ever take home a medal or gold medal to the country of Fiji ever in the Olympics. That's huge. You probably didn't see a lot of press coverage about it because America is still kind of figuring out rugby. But that country was just hit by a disaster recently. It wasn't a huge one, but it left a lot of people out of their homes, and they're still really trying to reel from it right now. This whole entire country, it's a small Pacific Island country, But they were able to rally around the rugby team. And the entire country stopped for a day to watch Fiji win gold medal in the Olympics. And they just celebrated all day. No one went to work. No one went to school. Everyone just celebrated. I was reading an article where it didn't matter what country you were from in Fiji at that moment. All they cared about is that you were celebrating with them. And when the team came back, they declared it a national holiday. And they just had a huge celebration. It's a country that just went through a really hard time where people are put out of their homes because of a natural, a small natural disaster. And they just won their first ever Olympic medal and let alone gold medal in rugby, which is the country's main sport. Everyone there plays rugby. It is the national sport there. Everyone wants to talk about pride in their country during the Olympics. I mean, this is the most pride you can get. The national sport, taking home the gold, uniting the whole country in a moment that they needed it the most. So that's my opinion this week. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the interview with Midge Vanasupa talking about rugby. X. Yeah, I don't, uh, my brother just passed a test, so. So he's in, he's in on the group text? Well, that's what the group test is about. Oh, I thought there was a test to get into the group text. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, my family has a very strict <laughs> rule. My brother, he's been a little too busy to pass the test. <laughs> and my sister, we don't even know if she's ever going to pass. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, though, if you actually had to pass a test to get into like a group text for your family. I feel as though it should be a requirement in order to initiate a group text. You should have to pass a test. Okay. To, to, so people know you're responsible enough to be in charge of bothering them that much, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, hey, listen, we got to see if you're smart enough to see if anything you say is going to be important. Right. Exactly. Exactly. 
you know, you can't you you can't be trusted to drive a car without taking tests. Now, how about bothering people all day while they're at work? Can you be trusted <laughs> with that? Yeah, but what should, what would the test be? Just like a standard like like a dumbed down just, SAT? Yeah, tons of red tape. I imagine <laughs> just <laughs> an exorbitant amount of of uh, mundane questions with no nothing pertaining to to group texts. Yeah, yeah, you hear how much better that is. This beanie smells weird. <laughs> Do you want to trade beanies? No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Here, does this one? Does this one smell? No, it's, it's okay. They smell the same to me. They smell new, actually. Is that? Oh right. well, they just went through the wash recently. Okay, that's what it is. I use the uh, the unstoppables. Un- unfamiliar. So it's like we call them smelly goods because it's like like a little yeah, it's like a little tablets. You just oh, like pour a little cup okay. and you put it in there. Okay. It makes all your stuff smell good. That's nice. So I need, I need some of those. Costco. Costco's amazing. Yeah. Another thing, distinctly American, <laughs> Costco. And speaking of which, I'm going to, this is my guest today, Mitch Vanasupa. Hello. I said that right, right? Correct. Okay. I've known you for four years now. I hope I get your last name right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. Well, Mitch is one of my fraternity brothers. And uh, as you've noticed, I've had a few of them on already. Oh, yeah, no, I've only had you and David on. Isn't Martin in the fraternity? He's oh, younger. yeah, Martin. Martin. He's younger, so I Well, he's not anybody. in it anymore. Oh, okay. He was in it. Okay. But money stuff and school and all that. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But Mitch is here today to talk about rugby, a sport I played in high school that he played once he came to college. It's true. And uh, I'm here to, my opinion, I should say my opinion, and it is just my opinion, is that rugby is a distinctly American sport. So, excuse me. Oh, wow, I'm just so burpy. I have to, so I'm extremely, I'm just going to put a disclaimer on this right now. I'm extremely stuffed. I can't eat for 16 hours because I have to do blood work tomorrow. So I just stuffed my face with a lot of food. So if I just, if I'm gassy at all or like burp wise or just you notice I have to go off mic, it's because I'm too full right now. And uh, disclaimer, I'm drinking beer because Matt cannot do the blood work. <laughs> so I may also be doing the same thing. <laughs> but drink, and it sucks because when talking about rugby, I feel like you have to drink beer. It, it's an important and integral part of the game, especially at the social level, especially in the recreational side of things when you're not taking the game very seriously. Yeah. So you want to go into a little bit like history, rugby and everything and kind of how you came to it? Okay, yeah, yeah. So we'll touch briefly on rugby's history since I don't know that much about it. (laughs) I thought you already went down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, There was a young boy in England. Jolly old mate. I'll be playing the part of the young boy. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great accent. Um, His name was William Webb Ellis. There's a hyphen in the Webb and the Ellis. And uh, he was playing football, which is soccer, in uh, England. And he picked up the ball because football's lame. (laughs) And he ran kids over, and he decided that he was going to call it rugby after the town in which he did that. There you go. And then after that, people started developing rules and yada yada and how things become sports. What's funny, though, side tangent, the name soccer is actually an abbreviation for, like, a type of, like, club that came about through football. And so, and that actually started in England. So they called it soccer because that was the name of like the organization they were running it through. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So when they're like, it's not soccer, it's like, well, you guys made that word. <laughs> That's interesting. I had no idea. I actually know nothing, truthfully, about the history of soccer or football. Oh, I'm going mean, to refer to them as American football and football <laughs> and then rugby. Just go straight let, like South American on a football. <laughs> I feel like it's the only way to to not piss that many people off. <laughs> I, because if I say soccer, everyone's going to be upset. Well, because it's football. Well, in America, maybe not. That's true. And we I are did in America. See, I did see that I had six listens in Germany and two in Australia. There you go. To all my German and Australian homies, <laughs> what up? If you guys are still listening, you haven't listened to the new episodes. It was just like one time. <laughs> I think it was we'll, the, we'll bring him back by talking about football and rugby and rugby. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, so I played in high school. My high school was very good. They were not, na- I was never on the national championship team. I quit early cause I was pursuing other stuff that was going to end up helping me a lot more in college and pay you money eventually. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty much where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stopped playing rugby, but my high school was national champs. Like, two or three years that I was there because we always switched off between us and Highland. And if you know anything about high school rugby, excuse me again, this is all that food. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have no familiarity with high school rugby because I discovered it in college, but I'm interested to hear how you found rugby, how you stumbled upon it. So our, our high school has had a team since the nineties. Okay. And we've always been super good. I mean, we, one of our coaches is from South Africa and like played down there and, he was. Never, I don't think he was ever on the South African team, but he played rugby in South Africa, where that's the biggest sport. <laughs> and uh, he, so we just had a few. We just had a bunch of coaches that have been playing for pretty much their whole lives. So they they helped create a team that, you know, and knew rugby so well that we were able to just dominate through most of it. So every almost every year we'd make it to the finals, and we would go up against Highland. So technically, we were a school team and they were a club team. Highland wasn't officially affiliated with a high school. <clears throat> Technically, rugby was a club sport as it is at the college level. But they had like three high schools in one. So what they were able to do is kind of... They had some pickings to go over and, and get some, some real athletes there. Including people from Tonga. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, sticks one, and stones uh, may break your bones, <laughs> but an Islander will kill you. <laughs> I've never heard truer words on a rugby pitch. Um, so, yeah, so pretty much every year it would go back and forth between us about who won. It was almost like every other year, you know, we'd switch the titles. There was one year where one of our uh, where one of our backs was on the cover, was on the front page of a Tongan, um, Tongan newspaper because he was being tackled by the Prince of Tonga and someone got a shot of it and sent him Wait, back to Tonga. Tonga has a prince? Apparently. That's cool. But he was on the cover getting tackled by the Prince of Tonga. Very neat. Yeah. Very neat. So that's what they did. And then we were just a bunch of boys at a Catholic school who just really <laughs> liked rugby. So <laughs> I, I feel like, and that's, that's to me one of, the, one of the beauties of the game is that it can bring people together from, you know, just all corners. And it really, it's a, it's a game for everybody. Uh, you know, different body types, different backgrounds, you know, wh- whoever... Whoever's up for it and down to down to boogie, as I say, is going to have a good time playing rugby. I remember guys like competing to be the shorter guy for certain positions. That like it's amazing how 
the shortest people on the field are like two of the most important positions out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who's the real short, stocky guy, and who's the real short, lean guy? Yeah, yeah. Who's who's really small and really fast, and who's uh, really small and really powerful? Like, yeah. Let's get those two guys. We'll we'll build a team around them. Yeah. So real short, real short and thick guy would be the hooker. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know that was pat- my position. He was passed around. Oh, you were passed around. <laughs> no. So a hooker, if you ever see, they get into a scrum. It's when everyone locks arms and they go head to head, pretty much. They have to actually hook the ball with their foot to get it back to their team. So sense hooker. Hooker. It's yeah. a it's a fun position. You're you're right in the middle of everything. You your your basic job responsibilities are to hit things <laughs> and people and. Uh, not mess up really that's that's it you don't mess up the set piece and you you run into stuff get out of the way of the props if they're coming exactly or or if you can tackle them power to you you know yeah and so i played lock in high school because i was one of the tallest guys oh you don't you don't say <laughs> for for those that don't know matt in real life he's like eight feet tall six four <laughs> <laughs> close enough i guess so yeah uh yeah i mean there's there's 15 people on a field for each team at any given time so I mean, all the all the s- positions. There's there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them doubled up, but um, so yeah. I mean, we. That's how I got introduced to rugby. I tried to do it in college. I was just preoccupied with everything else, and with my major, it was a lot of out outside extra. <laughs> did, did it pick that up? I don't know. I <laughs> was a very big burp though. <laughs> Almost looked like you were going to throw up. No, no, no. All right, please don't do the barf thing on here. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so, we, um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't have time in college. Just being in the being a film major, a lot of extracurriculars having to do outside of class for homework and whatnot. Absolutely understandable. I mean, I was lucky that I was a bum in college and able to actually, you know, pursue outside stuff that I was interested in. Kind of stumbled upon the rugby team practicing. Um, on the field while I was walking home from class. Basically, just kind of saw a bunch of dudes running around passing a ball, and I was like, hey, that kind of looks like fun. And I I walked up, and I was like, can I play with you guys? And they were like, do you know rugby? I was like, not at all. And they were like, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was like maybe two years after the rugby team had semi-started here. It was the first year, that the the first season, but they had been going for about a summer before I I was there. Yeah, because I remember like a year before... I knew the guy starting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, JP, I believe, was his name at CSUN. I didn't know JP. I knew one of the other guys. Mike Fruckman? Not familiar. He was an SAE. He, I think he went alumni when you came in. Okay. But he was starting it, and I knew him, and so he got me to come out. And, like, I did a couple practices, but I was just, I was busy. Yeah, well, you were getting close to graduating. No, I was, like, a sophomore. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, my time frame is all messed up now. Yeah, I graduated two years ago. When did I graduate? <laughs> oh, one year, one year ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't too far, um, but I just I was just busy, and I just didn't have time to commit to those practices because I was also working part time, like mm-hmm. twenty hours a week. So school, part time work, plus doing a bunch of other stuff outside of school, and yeah, it can get tricky. Well, and this is this is something that I wanted to bring up is that rugby is the ultimate working man's game in that games are always scheduled around a weekend. Saturday is a rugby day is a very famous saying in in rugby. So, you know, it it was meant for working class people to be able to to pursue an athletic activity outside of their normal working hours. And uh, so for us, uh, you know, practices are at night 
and then Saturday's a rugby day. Yeah. I mean, that's how it was, obviously, in high school, too, because high school sports you pretty much play most on most times on the weekends, um, especially if you're only playing, like, once a week. But, I mean, it was it was so much fun. Everyone I've known who I've ever, like, really shown rugby or ever gotten to play fell in love with it almost immediately. Absolutely. I, I would say that. I mean, I even convinced people that that were dead set against it in, in Drew to, to give it a try. And he loved the sport and, and played a season with us at CSUN and was very successful. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, he's very perfect, slight of build, too. Perfect for the scrum half. Yeah, he played on the wing. He played oh, on the okay. Because yeah. he can kick. He's got a boot on him. Oh, that makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. I mean, even even our friend Jared, who doesn't like who doesn't like too much contact, uh, yeah. he even got out there a little bit, right? Yeah, he practiced with uh, San Fernando Men's Club with me a few times. We played some touch. As he's fond of saying, he did juke me out of my socks one time. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm more of a contact game type guy, not a touch guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's definitely hard. It's like when we would play flag football in intramurals, I'd mm-hmm. be like. I'd like push him out of bounds. And they're like, you can't do that. You have to go for the, I was like, but he's like two feet from the thing. I just knocked him out of bounds. That's the penalty. What? This is stupid. Yeah. Big guys, big guys are not meant for touch sports. We're, no. You know, we, we lose all of our advantages in that. <laughs> I destroyed people at three flies up and I wasn't even trying to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I broke Tim at one point. <laughs> well, you did break my glasses. That but wasn't me. Was that not you? No, that was was that me. my own, that was my your, own clumsy, <laughs> clumsy uh, that was about? That was someone else. Okay, okay. I, didn't br- fair, I fair only play. ripped my shorts. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, most people watch rugby. It's confusing. It's not, it's not a very straightforward game like football, baseball, basketball. It's like, oh, there's an objective, you know, get, get it to the other guys to get it into this goal area. Rugby, it's like, why are they passing backwards? Why are they constantly going in and out? And like, there is... It's not so much stoppage of play, but there's just different ways to advance the ball that make it kind of you have to understand the game before you can really No, you're you're definitely spot on. I think that's the biggest barrier that rugby currently is facing in America is people don't understand it. And while if you know rugby and you understand it, it's just such a glorious game to watch. But for the outsider, imagine someone watching American football for the first time. It would be terribly confusing. They'd be like, what are those 10 gigantic dudes doing <laughs> hugging each other? And then what are these people doing throwing a, a small ball around? Like, where are they trying to go? You know, they keep passing it to the side and not, not trying to advance it forward until they get it. I don't understand. So for, for you know, American audiences watching rugby, it's a similar kind of, you have to understand the game in order to fully appreciate it. But I think that's what's led to the popularity of sevens being very, very high in America relative yeah. to the 15s. Yeah, because the Sevens tournament takes place in Vegas every year, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's hugely successful. And, of course, now that it's in the Olympics, and we love dominating the Olympics Is it here Sevens in or Fifteens? Sevens. Okay. And, like, we have one of the best set. We don't have one of the best Fifteens, but we have one of the best Sevens. Yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're a dark horse team, for sure. We, we can compete against the best teams in the world at Sevens, and we do so regularly. Yeah. So I mean, sevens is fun. Just it's it is fat. It's a lot more fast paced, just because there's so much more field to run. So you take half the team and put them on the exact same size, people are going to go crazy. Exactly. Yeah. So for those of us that are not familiar, fifteens is rugby union, which is fifteen men aside. It's a a long game, eighty minutes a game, and you just you go at it. It's war for eighty minutes. Rugby sevens is what are they? Twelve minute games. 
Is it? It's not twelve. Fourteen minute games. It's seven minute halves, isn't it? Is it? Re- I thought it was longer than that. Man, man I don't play sevens. I, yeah, I know. I'm I a thought... forward. I don't play sevens. <laughs> um, but yeah, sevens is a much faster game played with seven men on the side per team, and uh, it, you know it, it opens up the whole field because you're playing on the same size field with a whole lot of space. So there's a lot of room for creativity and and uh, the the games being faster pace and, and higher scoring definitely it, it makes it more exciting. Yeah, so pretty much in 15s you have eight forwards, seven backs, and then in those, the forwards are your big guys, the muscle guys who are most likely always going to go in for a tackle, not the fastest guys on the field, but can bowl people over. Your backs are the fast guys, the guys who can kick, the guys who are really squirrely and just can get it in and around. So it's pretty much you got your running backs, and then you got your linebackers. That's right. I like to break it down for, for those of us familiar with football. It's, it's like skill position players would play in the back line. Whereas people more familiar with the, the line of scrimmage would probably find themselves in the forward pack. Now, that's not to say that you know a, a tight end type player or a running back type player wouldn't find themselves in the loose forward position or something like that. But definitely um, the, those uh, type of uh, body types lend themselves to that. Yeah. So just to kind of... I guess we're just going to kind of give rules and a quick overview of this now. I mean, we might as <laughs> we well. We might as well, yeah. Just so they understand what we're talking about. So you actually have to touch the ball down, and it's called a try. It's five points. To score, Kick yeah. through is two. Um, you can actually drop the ball, and this is actually a rule in football that is almost never used, that's pretty much never used. Didn't um, Doug Flutie do this? I, I think I know where you're Doug going Doug Flutie did this. He did yes. this, and he, when he was playing for the Patriots, right? I believe so. Later in his career? Okay, sorry, continue. This is an actual rule in football that is never used, a drop kick. So literally in the middle of the play, you can drop the ball as long as it hits the ground first, and then you kick it. If it goes through the uprights, it counts as three points. Like a field goal. Like a field goal, but it's in the middle of play, and you can actually do that in football. Which and you don't need specialists out there. You don't need a specialist kicker in order to do that. Dude, I wish more people would do that in football. Do you know how much more fun that'd be to seeing guys running, like seeing like like on a kickoff? Like if you know you can drop kick it from like fifty yards out, just as you're getting closer to the line, just take it and boot it. Yeah, it would definitely be much more difficult with a uh, an American football because oh, yeah. they're so much more angular than a rounder rugby ball. Yeah, but it would be exciting for them to try. <laughs> if they could figure it out. That'd be because it's probably just gonna die once it hits the. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, if they could figure out how to do that, that would make the game so much more interesting. <laughs> Certainly would make special teams uh, more exciting than they are now with the, the kickoff being neutered and, and everything else. Yeah, and American football actually comes from rugby, in case anyone didn't know that. So the reason it's called a touchdown is be, it's from a try where you actually had to touch the ball down. In original football rules, you, you had, had to, to touch, touch the, the ball, ball on the ground, just like rugby. Yep. And uh, one of the fun parts about rugby, and, and it always confuses uh, first-time viewers, is when you score a try in that, that touchdown zone and you touch it down, the conversion kick is actually taken from a position straight back from where that try is, is scored. So if you score in the very corner, you actually have to kick the conversion from a really difficult angle on some straight line back down the field from that corner. Yeah, so you can choose how far down you want to go just to try to get a better angle, but mm-hmm. that also means you're going to have to, you know, kick you it further. you got to put some boot on it. Yeah. 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 And if you're and you're still looking at a weird angle. So if you can hit it down in the middle, you're golden. The, the basics of rugby is that it's a never-ending football play where you can only throw it backwards in order to, to run with it, and you can only kick it. If you want to advance it forwards, you have to run it or kick it. That That's it. Like, imagine on 
like last play of the game and everyone's lateraling. Imagine if that was actually practice and had move had had plays and a skill set to it. That's rugby. Organized smear the queer, as <laughs> as it was known back in grade school. I don't know if that's PC to say now. <laughs> I don't care if it's we, PC. We, I guess we can call it what? Kill the man with the ball. That was the other <laughs> word name we had for it I back always in the played day. Smear the queer. Yeah, smear the queer was a great game, and uh, it had nothing to do. With gay people, it was just you smeared the queer who had the ball, right? Like, I'm sure it comes from from. <laughs> I'm sure it comes from bad intentions. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's just like my opinion, man. Uh, yeah. So okay. So we kind of covered bases. So why? So obviously, this originated in London. Mm-hmm. It is very popular all over the world. I'd say most popular would be uh, New Zealand. And South Africa are the two most popular. Australia. For like, for, like, country, for, like, people that take rugby more serious than any other sport. It would have to go New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia. Yeah, England is also in that mix. England, England and France, they... Soccer and... Or football is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football competes with them in those countries, but in South Africa and New Zealand, it's it's not as prevalent. Even Australia. Yeah, Australia, though, they actually have uh, the two different types of rugby, rugby league, rugby union. We don't need to go into those now, but rugby league does take a significant amount of viewership from union in Australia. Yeah, it's such a different game, though. Mm-hmm. It's a lot closer to American football. Yeah, I don't get why they call it rugby league. It's It's not really rugby. Yeah, I mean, it, I, mean I mean, aspects are, but it's still running with a ball and smashing people. It, it, its basics are very rugby, it, just like football. I mean, I would say that rugby league is kind of like that in between of rugby union and NFL football, where yeah. it's just like you get you pay the biggest, baddest dudes to run as hard as they can at each other with little to no like actual skill. Well, not skill. Sorry, sorry to rugby league players everywhere. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, little to no like actual like plan. It's, it's not a set thing. It's just running and, and attempting to score. Yeah. Uh, so then you got so France is real big on it, and then a lot of the northern, pretty much most of the UK. Yeah, the the entire UK and, and Ireland included are, are also very into rugby. Um, probably other than England, the currently the best team in the uk or that region is probably wales right now yeah wales has just been coming out of nowhere yeah for for uh are they still a country they're part of the uk are they a country they're a country we consider them a country yeah i don't know anything about other countries because america's (laughs) the best except uh, for brexit (laughs) except for brexit (laughs) were you one of the people that had to google it no no i was i was kind of familiar with the concept um i just you know uh, we 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 can do that one later we can talk about it doesn't matter because it wasn't america (laughs) (laughs) yeah history started in 1776 (laughs) but uh yeah wales is is a a big player in the uh, european game but uh yeah ireland's always been in contention Mm mm-hmm England has a love-hate relationship with doing well there. Yeah, yeah. When they're doing well, they love it. And currently, England's riding high from a, a big series in Australia where they won their first series ever on Australian soil. Yeah, their last World Cup. Oh, disaster. <laughs> that was just like a year ago. Uh, England got bounced out of a World Cup that they held in <laughs> in England before the, the uh, group stages were done. They They were out. They were eliminated. Yeah, so that was that was real sad to see online. Just everyone in England was just, oh, they hated themselves. 
Yeah, but good on them for still, you know, the the rest of the World Cup still had record attendances, so good on them for still caring and, and yeah. showing up. Yeah, and rugby hooligans not even near soccer hooligans. Yeah, yeah, rugby hooligans are more like, let's get blasted and, and watch some guys smash each other. <laughs> like, we don't care if you root for another team, we just care that you like rugby. Yeah, yeah, soccer hooligans have a comma in that sense. Let's get blasted, watch some guys, comma, <laughs> smash each other. yeah i could see i could see where that comes (laughs) um yeah so why do you think though that rugby is distinctly american even though it has all these main ties elsewhere because i mean last time i saw rugby on national television here was when all blacks came over to play america and that in chicago yeah i mean granted we got destroyed all blacks were coming real high off a world cup off the World Cup. Oh, excuse me. God, you're the burpiest right I now. I <laughs> really, dude, I had to eat an entire pizza just loaded with nothing but protein. In like, order to, to maintain your Svet figure. And to just be able to not have to be hungry for the next 16 hours. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 16 <laughs> hours is a long time. Yeah. I mean, I thank God I'm going to bed during that. And you can't even drink. All I can have is water. Literally, all I can have for, is water until... Like eight until my blood tests are done tomorrow. What are they scared that you're gonna like poop everywhere? I don't understand why you can't. <laughs> just eat. so like the stuff in your, just so nothing in your blood gets affected. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not a doctor. So. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. This is just what they told me, and I'm doing it so they don't yell at me and send me home, and I have to go through this whole process. Yeah, isn't again. that funny? Like the doctor is basically like an up jumped shaman medicine man who paid a bunch of money that he didn't have, most likely, to go to a school. That told him all these these facts about the human body, and now you just listen to what he says. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously rugby very large all over the world. And what I was saying, so last time it was on, I mean, whoever was commentating was doing a good job, but they had to explain everything the whole time, and it got right. I mean, it sucks for the people. The problem is the people who know rugby are going to probably be the only people watching it. So. Pretty much everyone had to sit there and be like, oh, cool, we got to listen for the people who may not know, but pretty much everyone watching knows, so... Yeah, yeah, the the viewership in America on, on televised rugby is definitely a, very much a rugby crowd. I don't think they need to be pandered to at all, but uh, I understand where NBC came from wanting to, to make sure it was explained. Yeah, I mean, because it was Saturday afternoon, prime sports time to be showing that, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, it just, it sucked, so what what about it even though we don't have such a culture around it makes it american i i think that the the three facets of rugby being a player being a spectator and being a coach have distinctly american values built around them um as a player rugby is all about effort level and that's something that lots of americans hold really dear that like our heroes in sports aren't necessarily always the guys that were the best natural athlete it was the guy that you saw work way harder than everybody else, right? This is why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, guys who we could outrun in a 40, <laughs> are loved by Americans everywhere, right? Yeah. Because they, they showed up and they, they worked harder. Um, and, and so that hard work aspect and that effort level, it directly translates into results before your eyes when you're watching a rugby game, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then as a, a spectator... Um, Really, I think that you can appreciate the fact that rugby has a a a a person of every size and shape in 
on the field at any time. There's going to be huge, huge lumbering, not necessarily muscle-bound guys walking around out there huffing and puffing. And then there's going to be some really fit guys with good hair running around, <laughs> passing the ball, you know. A bunch of Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, a bunch of Ronaldos. Um, you know, every everybody can see someone that they can identify with and they can they can appreciate as an athlete. And I think that's important for fans to have a a, a, a personal connection with their the, the athletes that they like. Okay, and what about the coach side? <clears throat> I, I'm very new to coaching. I, I just started working with the uh, my alma mater's team uh, very recently. But, um, again, I think it comes back to the hard work ethos that we have here in America, the most productive country on earth. You know, in terms of gross production per citizen, we all work very hard for what we do. Um, you hear that, Europe? No siestas in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I digress. Uh, yeah, I think that as a as a, a coach, it's opened my eyes to the fact that you know, it, it, rewarding hard work. So you giving that that kid that isn't necessarily the most gifted athlete on the t- team, but the guy who's there at every practice, there at every event. And they're every Saturday ready to play. You give that kid the the captain's nod, which is really important, you know, it, 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 to the team and to the whole ethos of the game. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about like underdogs? The guys. I mean, there was plenty of times in high school. You know, if you weren't working hard enough, even if you were talented, they didn't care. They took you out. Yeah. And yeah. there were times we gave captain to guys who they weren't really starting, but they were there every day. They were hustling every day. They were working super hard, and they deserved it. You know what? Because they had the heart to do it, and so they were out there, and so we gave it to them. Definitely, definitely. And then uh, another point about being a player of rugby, especially at the the social level, so you're not in a competitive, competitive setting. You know, is uh, the socializing. Um, I think it's it's one of the few sports that I've partaken in where I will just beat the hell out of somebody for eighty minutes, and them beat the hell out of me. Most oftentimes, worse. <laughs> and then right after the game, I'm there barbecuing and drinking a beer with them, able to kind of you know have a bond. You know, we beat the shit out of each other. Let's be friends now. It, it's great. And one thing that I know we always did every the team captain or like usually one of the captains um, would give an MVP to the other team. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so after every single game, we'd all get, you know, our teams side by side or, like, you know, across from each other. Then one of our captains would be like, yo, number whatever, you killed it this game. We're going to give you game ball for your side. And then they'd give game ball to someone our side who they respected and thought did real well. I really like that. I think I may have to institute that at the uh, at the CSUN level with, with these kids. Yeah, I mean, start giving awards to the other team. I mean, yeah, it was fun. I mean, obviously there were guys where it was like, you know, there was guys who all like obviously tried to start fights with our team and whatnot. But, yeah. But I mean, at the end, it was just like everyone, even the their team was like, "Are you stupid? Like, don't do that. Like, have respect for the other team." You know. Well, and and if you throw some fisticuffs, then what happens is you're kind of like you lose your your heat of the moment. The your the eyes are no longer red. And you're like, ah, um, well, maybe we should just go back and play the game some more. And then at the end of the day, you share a beer with that person and you have a laugh. Yeah. You know? We had a guy once straight up pile-drived our hooker. On the other team? No, Yeah, so the other team came up to our hooker and tackled him and pretty much flipped him upside down and practically dropped him on his head. Ouch. Yeah. So our um, our fullback came in and literally just jumped and just put his cleat into his back. Ooh, and just cleats. like drop kicked him. 
a in the back. Feats are like the most deadly weapon you could have on your feet. <laughs> I know. And so, but literally all the parents were like, yeah, he deserved that. Don't do that. Like, don't try to paralyze a kid or otherwise we're going to make you bleed. Yeah, yeah. We had just this past season playing with the men's club. The the men's club, because nobody is going anywhere with, with playing rugby, right? We're here to have fun. There, I would say there's a lot less, like, angst than there is at the college level, which is where I came from. But if someone is fighting, it's a lot more like, like, hey, you know, fuck you, buddy. Like, and, and it gets a lot more intense when somebody does fight. And uh, we, we had a number eight on our team. I won't name names, Garrett, but um, <laughs> he would get yellow carded once once a match at a minimum for, for fighting with, with somebody on their t- other team. And, and as he put it, he never started it, but his mouth was just a constant diarrhea stream, <laughs> you know, just constantly running his mouth. And so he would always get somebody to start the fight with him, and he would always look to end the fight real quick. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, I don't I don't think anyone was ever salty. Maybe once or twice, but normally all it takes is like a beer and a handshake, and you're good to go afterwards. And what's more American than that? I, I mean, definitely very few things. I mean, uh, bald eagles, I don't even know what else. Baseball's like right on par with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not biggest baseball fan, but I understand how American it is. I am. I mean, maybe Ted Nugent after that? I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, the social aspect that we were talking about, you know, obviously, gentleman's game. Rugby is, it's often called a gentleman's game because you have to be a gentleman to play because no one's going to put up with it otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big thing is respect is is a key part of rugby. I would say that the the pillars of rugby being like, um, you know, honor, integrity included in that, and then respect for your opponent. And then respect for the game and overcoming the challenges of the game. Those are definitely like the three big things that that really make it, a, a, to me, an American sport or a sport built for America. Because here, here in America, we have, you know, the hardest working, most honorable people in the world. And really, the, the, I feel like our society would fit so perfectly into rugby. <laughs> We're both burping over here now. <laughs> it, it's getting crazy. <laughs> Mitch is on his second beer. Yeah, but it's been a long time. We've been here for... 30 minutes. Yeah. Huh. So that's like like a four beer an hour pace. <laughs> Math. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. It's I just everyone you show, you know, they get it more and they enjoy it more and they just, they like it more than most other sports. Like, obviously, we get into football and baseball and basketball and stuff, mainly fantasy sports i think rugby will become huge once they figure out how to make it a fantasy sport yeah and there are stats readily available i think it's similar to football in that the stats are going to be primarily focused on backline players i.e skill position players and yeah. you're not going to have a whole lot of stats for forwards i mean you could count tackles yeah and that'd be really exciting tackles or turnovers right right but then anytime in a ruck they for if their tackle forces a turnover that could count as a stat definitely definitely and then but then you know i think that fantasy sports lend themselves to games that are glamorized and rugby is anything but a glamorous game (laughs) that is true it's such a a nitty-gritty like down-to-earth spectacle that it really I even feel that watching rugby on TV is not as good as seeing it live. Not at all. Which not I all. wouldn't say the same thing about football or baseball. You know, I'd rather watch baseball from my couch with beers than paying $10 for a beer at the stadium. Well, well granted, minus all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prices. I mean, even if you go to like when those games were at Soldier Field for rugby, prices were going to be the same. That's true. That's true. Definitely true. 
but uh, I th- I think more so than other sports, rugby as a live experience really allows the spectator to to feel everything and uh, be involved. Yeah, it's it's so much fun to watch live because I mean you get to there's just so much you can watch and actually like pay attention to because the ball I mean it's really focused. There's one on focal one, point. Yeah, exactly. It's not like soccer where they're just standing there. If you stand there in rugby, you're going to get murdered. Oh, yeah. You're just going to get run over like a freight train. As soon as you're you're uh, standing still in rugby, the the play better be over. It better be a Whistle like, a better been out. blown. Yeah, yeah. Somebody had better be injured, and if they are injured, they better be hurt bad for you to stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a sport where guys literally just go out there with tape on their head and just put grass on their wounds to make sure they're not bleeding. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous video that's been going around for a while. Oh, the chick? No, not oh, the chick. I was going to say the warrior princess, my future ex-wife. <laughs> you have such an optimistic <laughs> of your life. Jeez. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> God, that just threw me for a loop. I'm sorry. It's all good. No, the video of the ref coming up, and you know, and oh. it was like one of the first time a rugby player really flops, and mm-hmm. really ever. There's like no flopping in rugby. Uh, another another great aspect of yeah, it. Yes, seriously. But the guy, the ref comes up. He goes, "If I see you flop again, I'm gonna throw you out of the game. And you can come the, back next week." Yeah. And, and that was he, goes, he was referencing real, the soccer finals yeah, or like, something. Right? This is a real sport, not football. Yeah, get your act together. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that was uh, Nigel Owens, yeah. who is like one of the. He's the most famous referee in the world, and he, I mean, he's the best. He, he's awesome, and he's got the one-liners for days. <laughs> it's just so good. Like hearing a rugby ref talk, it's so funny. And they, they are so much – refs are so much more important to the game than any other sport. Right, right. And I think that's the reason why in rugby you have to respect the ref. That's written into the rules, yeah. right? You can't have a temper tantrum or anything like that like yeah. happens in football, basketball, football. You know, <laughs> you These can, guys like have meltdowns like they're a three-year-old. Yeah. In, in, basically, rugby in my mind is American as fuck because there's no pussy shit. <laughs> Nobody tolerates that shit in rugby. <laughs> That was that was very eloquently put. Yeah, yeah. I I use like three words in my vocabulary. It's like fuck shit pussy and that's it. <laughs> Not in that order. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, no, exactly. It's like I remember if we ever talked back to a ref, our coach would pull us over and be like, "Get out." Like yeah. the ref wouldn't have to say anything. The coach would be like, "Respect the ref." Definitely. If something's wrong, we'll talk to him. But otherwise, yeah. don't talk to him. You just uh, do what he says. On the on the rugby field, uh, for for listeners, on the, the only, pitch. On the pitch. Oh my God! Look at me. <laughs> I'm a noob. On the pitch, the only players that are allowed to speak to the referee at all, say any words to him, are the captains for the teams. And if they don't do so respectively, they will also be told to shut the fuck up in no uncertain terms. Which, yeah. when I was captaining CSUN, I liked to constantly run my mouth at the referee because. That's what I'm good at. You run your mouth all the time. I do it. I do it quite well. And uh, I was told to to be quiet on more than one occasion by a referee, and you have no choice but to listen. Yeah. And and uh, something funny from this last World Cup in 2015, um, <clears throat> there was a, an article written about it in an American newspaper, and it, they were talking about the differences and some of the, the stuff that American fans might find amusing. And uh, one of the things they chose was the relationship between players and the referee. And they said that uh, it's very interesting seeing six foot nine South African forward Lou De Jager 
go up to the referee after the referee starts bitching at him and say sorry sir and then walk away (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah exactly like there's so much respect there and it's just it makes it better it's a better game for that definitely and and because there's the that type of negativity is disallowed i think that's what makes it a really friendly spectator sport especially you know for for kids yeah i recently was down in san diego at the uh the san diego breakers last home game of the inaugural pro rugby um season oh, that's right that started this year huh it did it was a lot of fun we should go next season yeah are there is there a los angeles team there is not yet they are planning there's like six teams right four four per, no five i'm sorry <laughs> in between but uh they are planning to to in america the the new rugby league is planning to expand to i believe 10 teams this upcoming season awesome most of them are mainly on the west coast though right yeah they have sacramento san francisco uh denver san diego and then ohio columbus yeah. ohio the sacramento team makes a lot of sense because that's where i went to high school yeah Sacramento's a hotbed for sure here on the and west coast. san francisco because of cal yeah san francisco also in the club scene there's it's huge the youth yeah. scene a uh, shout out to my friend john straka coaching the danville oaks he, oh, nice. he was one of the first people to introduce me to the idea of rugby he told me all about his days partying in a uh, in college with the rugby team when he was playing and i thought it sounded like a lot of fun and that's that's part of what led me to rugby i was like wait you mean i can play sports and drink beers (laughs) you mean this is not frowned upon to do both (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna have to like pledge my life to this i can socialize too yeah man yeah i mean my cal has been one of the most dominant uh college teams forever my high school was considered like the cal feeder team jesuit right jesuit jesuit i'm jesuit yeah I'm not going to try and pronounce it again. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Bay Area, because a lot there are a lot of uh, Samoan and Tongan people out yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah, big where, Islander population. Big Islander population. So that's where rugby really comes. And it's it's very popular with the Islanders because they're the best at it. Yes, and, they and are. They've proven it. There was recently a documentary out about, um, I, what was it called? It was about the Pacific Islanders and the Pacific Islands mm-hmm. geographically in their... Uh, their and their role in the development of rugby as a professional sport because this is one of the newest professional sports people weren't paid to play rugby until the 80s or 90s yeah so before that it was purely amateur and country so it was like if the olympics all of a sudden took that step to be professional right and you all of a sudden had people getting paid for whatever sport you like in the olympics i prefer gymnastics you know yeah i get you um no, I mean, rugby's definitely had give it 10 years, and I think you'll be seeing people not so much like football or baseball or basketball, but you'll start seeing more rugby jerseys out there. I definitely think that in this country, rugby has room to be at least on par with something like hockey. Yeah. You know? Where, and hockey's hugely popular here in Los Angeles because we don't, ha- we, until this year, we didn't have any contact sports here. We had, we had nothing to sate our bloodlust, <laughs> our natural bloodlust that we have because we're humans and besides therefore the animals. Riot, besides right? the riots? Yeah. Yeah. Besides rioting and, and, you know, marching and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. I need, I, I forgot that started this year. I just, I got so busy with work, but I need to go back and start looking. Yeah, next year, um, the, there's a train that'll take you straight to San Diego. You yeah. get Wi-Fi the whole way there. It costs very little, and yeah. it's pretty pretty time efficient considering that with traffic, you're going to travel in a car a lot longer, you know? Yeah, I mean, we can get up to Sacramento if we buy tickets the right time for like less than 100 bucks each way. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I would yeah. love to go home and watch some rugby. And and you know, with I, I mean, my team now is San Diego. I've committed to them. Okay. Um, so there, it's going to be great uh, this n- upcoming season. I'm really excited because this season showed a lot of promise for the pro rugby league. They had <coughs> um, I, at last figure that I saw, which was admittedly about a month ago, they were averaging a little under. 2,000 people at the games. Oh, wow. Which is better than what MLS did its inaugural season. Yeah, definitely. And MLS, that's without... Well, MLS was abysmal its first few seasons. Yeah, yeah. And I think that any professional sport launching in a in a sport-saturated marketplace like America is going to have that issue. You know, initially, even if there is interest, you're going to have a hard time cracking into that, that barrier. You yeah. Know? I mean, even if it gets on par with MLS, that'd be great. I mean, there's stadiums dedicated to MLS now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that I think that's really the uh the model that pro rugby is going for and, and the guy running it is is no stranger to professional sports. I believe he was a broker, a real estate broker that specialized in like stadium deals. Oh wow. If I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken as I often am. <laughs> I mean, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean that's that's really awesome. I'm really excited for the future rugby. I I remember before I when I first came down here, I saw signs for like youth rugby leagues like u11 rugby leagues and i was just like that is awesome when i have a kid they're definitely playing well it's it's a safe sport too i mean there's a reason why all these nfl coaches are bringing in rugby coaches and rugby specialists to teach tackling it's because in in rugby since you're you're not wearing pads and since the the really the goal of the the games with with the, the respect that you have isn't to blast people it's not to hurt anyone yeah so you learn how to tackle properly and you know, most importantly, you learn how to tackle safely. Yeah, because, I mean, in football, you cannot tackle properly and still knock the guy down because you got, you know, 10 extra pounds of stuff around you. Right, exactly. But in rugby, if you tackle someone wrong, you're going to hurt yourself more than you oh. hurt anybody else. Like, that guy's not going to go down if you tackle wrong. He's just going to bowl over you. And I've been saying this for a few years. Like, you want kids to, you know, people are pulling their kids out of football. Because they're scared about the the yeah. possibility of them being hurt. You yeah, know, exactly. Spinal head injuries are, are prevalent. And it's, and it's all because they're watching the guys in the NFL just blast people and not Turn tackle right. into vegetables. Exactly. And yeah. they're just going at it and they're trying to imitate that, but they're not working out and getting paid to do that. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have the bodies to do that. And the NFL guys technically don't have the bodies to do that either. Yeah, humans don't have <laughs> – we're not designed to do that. Did you yeah. see that article that came out where it was – if a human evolved to survive car crashes, no, it's this disgusting looking photo of this dude. He's got like this big fatty bulbous head and like, he's got like a bunch of fat around his rib. And, and basically the, the point was that humans were not evolved to take trauma yeah. like that. You know, we're, we're not evolved to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, you bring in guys to show them how to tackle, right? Guess what? You're going to make football safer and you're also going to show how much rugby is like a great sport for that. And, you have to tackle right because you need to keep going. Yeah, like, exactly. The whole point is like you need to get a form tackle. You need to get him to the ground because you have an opportunity to get that ball. If you can tackle and stay on your feet, you're you're gonna win the game. <laughs> and, and I was very fortunate when I was playing youth football um, that I had a very good coach at a young age, and he taught us proper tackling techniques, very similar to rugby tackling. And uh, the analogy that he would always use is. Even if you have the two biggest trucks and they crash into each other, it's not like one truck walks away just totally fine. One truck, apologies. Yeah. <laughs> one truck is not going to just roll away from that without a scratch, right? Yeah. The, that's mass coming together. That's force, right? Yeah. 
And so I was really lucky as a youth to learn how to tackle properly. And I've translated that into my rugby career. So I was a step above people coming in off the street to play rugby. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember watching guys go in and try to do like football tackles, like a, like a spear tackle. Is yeah, what exactly. We're yeah. And it was just like, they were just getting wrecked. Yeah. It was like, and then the guys who understood it came in and they were just wrecking other people. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the fun things about tackling, especially fun for me because I'm not particularly elusive or fast um, is that tack- getting tackled isn't necessarily a bad thing in rugby. Not at all. You know, because there's no downs. You don't recycle possession back to the other team after a certain amount of time. So, you know, if it, what my job was is, is other stuff. You know, if I happened to get the ball by accident or I was standing in the wrong place and it got passed into my face and I had no choice but to catch it, yeah. my goal was just to go run forward, get tackled. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a forward, that's pretty much your job is just – Get the ball back up to the line as quick as possible so that way someone can come behind yeah, you and somebody make a play better because than you. <laughs> you're a bigger guy, so you're going to be able to block the ball better getting mm-hmm. it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to put it back, obviously, but being a bigger guy, they're not going to be able to reach over you as much. You're going to kind of be able to block yeah, them yeah, out. Yeah, you of the just got to recycle possession for your team. And that actually is very advantageous because that'll get, if your team recycles possession fast, the mm-hmm. game goes faster and you're exactly. wearing out that defense. Exactly. I mean, and the best part is like, you know, you see guys, it's like, oh, forward progress is stopped. There's no forward progress in in rugby. Yeah. It's literally like, I remember me and a guy, we almost scored a, a try. <laughs> me and a guy I was playing with, we almost scored a try. We were probably, we were like a little bit past the 22-meter line. He, I got I got wrapped up. He came in. And we just started pushing, and it took five guys to stop us, and we got like two meters from the try. Yeah, yeah. I was so mad. It was just like we were so close, but literally it was two of us against like five guys, and we were just pushing because we had the momentum already. And that's yeah. the great part. It's like I, we were both me and the guy who tackled me were out of stop. I didn't go down. My other lock was right there with me. Just came in. We just pushed our way, and like literally, was the we, other lock we went, similarly sized to you? No, he was a little bit smaller. Okay, that's still a lot of person. Yeah, no, exactly. He was still a lot of person. Actually, he might have been flank. Whatever. Regardless, he was. yeah, if he, he was, was just he was, a little smaller than you. That's still a lot of person. He was still a forward. <laughs> um, so I mean, we were so close, but literally that set up our our scrummy just came in. He was following us the whole way, waiting for us to go down. As soon as we did, just handed the ball off. He tossed it. Try. Balls out, yeah. Balls out quick, and then you, you get your, your skill position players in some open space. Yeah. That's that's the whole role of a forward is like, you know, hit shit and then make <laughs> your better players look good. And the best part is well, when you're more athletic, when you're pushing forward, instead of just going down right away, you push that forward, you keep pushing forward, guess what? Your entire line is now set up before you even go to the ground. Exactly, because, the, the you know, you got to pass it backwards. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you catch the ball from a standstill and you just get blasted, everybody's got to move back to to accommodate you see there's a lot more there's a lot more strategy that goes into this than almost any other sport there there is and but the strategy is very intuitive once you understand the basic premise of the game which is always changing right right really the the premise being don't pass it forward and you know make sure you you do what you're assigned to do yeah and, and do your job which, you know, it, it makes it simple and yet complex enough that the strategy is still really important. Yeah, when you have a simple base, it makes it easier for the complex to come in. And it's like, as long as we do these things, we can do it in fancy ways. But as long as these things are done, we're good. But yeah, the, I mean, really, 
rugby to me represented a lot of the values that I saw as very American. And uh, when I started playing rugby, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Why don't more people play rugby in America? Because not only do we have the athletic, the athletes in America to be amazing at the sport, but we have the right values, you know, and, and it's popping up in other cultures that are really similar to ours. Um, even outside of like Western Europe and, uh, the, the Southern hemisphere, mm-hmm. but like in Japan, a, a, an information culture is really similar to, to Western culture here in America yeah. in a lot of respects. Um, Oh, it's quite different. <laughs> yeah, and they're an up-and-coming world rugby superpower. Yeah. You know, they they recently had a very famous victory over South Africa in the last World Cup. That's right. I remember that. And it's just a really exciting time to to be involved in rugby and, and to, to know and appreciate the sport. Yeah, I remember four years ago or five years ago when Japan was just getting destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what's the, the common thread between them and England right now is Eddie Jones. Yeah. Guy's a beast. Eddie, if you happen to hear this, let me come in in some back office role and <laughs> and just work with the team. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think it will take off, and I honestly believe once Americans understand it, it's gonna just take off huge. I mean, and the MLS made soccer more popular here, definitely, definitely, and then. These last World Cups have been freaking hyphy, man. Like, yeah, I remember everyone was really excited for 2014 World Cup soccer, and and uh, you know, even though U.S. isn't necessarily a power in the world, we we still embraced it and we loved the culture and the excitement around those games. And I think that rugby can can tap into a similar vein and find a niche here in America. Definitely. All right. Well, I think that's a great place to end it right there. Yeah, baby. Good sentiment. sentiment. Well, thanks for coming on today, Mitch. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, Do you got anything to plug? Um, You got, do you want people to follow you on Twitter or Instagram or anything? (laughs) I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You guys don't want to follow me. Trust me on that one. Oh, it's fun. I don't follow you. And you shouldn't. I mean, I don't follow anybody though. Yeah. Just politically rant. like an insane person. Well, I'm not talking about Facebook. Oh yeah. I mean, the only other thing I have is WordPress and and uh oh yeah go on his wordpress plug your wordpress site what is my wordpress oh shit lord mitch <laughs> yep that's right shit lord mitch um, i'm on wordpress catch my blog yo all right there you go we'll have a link to it in the description as well um but yeah thanks so much for coming on man thank and you for uh, hosting you and your lovely lovely wife thank you very much uh now let's get out of this hot room it is hot <laughs> all right later all right guys thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed that interview, and I hope you have a newfound appreciation for rugby and that you guys go out and watch it and really take some time to, to learn it. It's an awesome, very awesome sport, one of my favorite sports in the entire world. goes baseball, rugby, everything else. And I went and looked up pro professional, rug, professional rugby organization, the one that we talked about there in the interview, and I'm jumping on the bandwagon for Sacramento. I've decided that that is going to be my team since that's my hometown. And they, even if a team comes to Los Angeles, I will still support Sacramento. And I'm very excited to go see some games next season. All right, time for the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at BTJMOPod. 
or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash btjmopod. Follow my personal accounts on Twitter at Flannel is Comfy and on Instagram at Flannel Shirts in Summer, even though it's been way too hot in L.A. this year to wear flannel shirts at any time, even at night. It's terrible. So the past couple weeks, I have been trying to theme the song about the sport. Not many songs about rugby, at least that I could find in a five-minute Google search. So back to regularly scheduled, I pick some of my favorite bands and you guys listen to it. This week is a song called Just Another Face by one of my favorite bands, Modern Baseball. This is off their album, Holy Ghost, that just came out recently, about a month or two ago. Their first album, I heard, blown away, absolutely amazing. Their second album comes out, I go, oh my god, they topped it. They're, you know, no sophomore slump for them. They're just writing amazing music. I honestly thought, how are they going to top this album? It was one of the best albums of the year. Then they came out with Holy Ghost. And I am obsessed with it. They keep putting out great record after great record. And if you aren't listening to this band, it's an indie pop punk band. And they are just so fantastic. They are on the rise. You just got to check them out. Trust me. If you like this song, you will like everything else they have put out. Hope you guys enjoy the song and hope you guys have a great weekend. And we'll see you next week. Get lost, I 